パンパルランタータータラータータラータータータラータータラータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータータ Here we are waiting in line. But not, not really because we're sitting down and I don't know if you can see us or not. But here we are. Hello. We're gonna go see Beast. Yeah, this, I, I have high expectations for this one. <laughs> <laughs> here we are once again. Hi. Alright, what do you guys think about the movie Beast so far? Uh, I thought it was pretty good so far. I liked Act One, but they took a little intermission. And, I uh, mean, honestly, he's my favorite uh, X-Men character, so I really hope they do justice for them. Yeah. That's I, Justice League. I liked when he turned blue. I thought that was pretty cool. Alright, well that's what we think That'd about Beast. You know me guys, I didn't. I don't watch trailers, but I think this one because it was in the theaters, but I did not think about anything else. But it was a big old lion. There's one over there. There's one over there. And so yeah, what are, what's going to happen? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the trailers didn't look that great to me, but uh, you know what? I like Idris Elba. Uh, I think he's a very good actor. Especially his knuckles. His, especially his knuckles. I just want everybody to know that we look like complete assholes right here in the theater recording for you guys, so please fucking watch. We're all just assholes staring into a uh, ten bucks. But yeah, that's pretty much what we think. Uh, between this and afterwards, there's going to be a little interview from a guy named Stephen Mil Nelson, a.k.a. The Animal Attacker. <laughs> I am Stephen Melvin. I uh, am a... Uh, a, a senior lecturer at the University of North Alabama and I have been studying animal attacks both in film and literature for six, seven years now. I would say it's an extremely niche subgenre, uh, particularly in film. It's <clears throat> um, sometimes called animal horror cinema or revenge of nature film. I, In my own research I don't care for either one of those terms. One revenge of nature could be you know, trees like the happening or something, right? Um, and B, animal horror cinema doesn't quite cover the scope of what I look at because I also look at, at uh, novels, short stories, things like that. Either one or several animals pitted against human beings in some way in a sort of struggle for survival. So do you have a favorite piece of animal or animal attack literature? I'm going to be so cliche, but it's Jaws. Uh, Jaws is the goat, right? Uh, both the novel and the movie is, uh, in many ways, because what I study is the 70s, particularly in the early 80s, and Jaws was not the first out of those, but it's the one that really picked up with that trend because it was so wildly popular. But Okay, so it changes. I won't go all the way into like ancient literature, Gilgamesh and stuff like that, um, which was really more about human civilization, you know, overcoming nature. But uh, starting with the history of cinema, you know, starting in the 50s, we'll say, um, you have the atomic creature feature, you know, Godzilla, the beast from 10,000 Fathoms, uh, them about giant tarantulas, right? Actually, there was a movie called Tarantula as well. Um, but all those dealt with radiation of some sort, you know, nuclear bomb testing, stuff like that, that made the animals mutate. So it mirrored the fears of the nuclear war that was, you know, always being talked about. Uh, in the 70s, you see a shift, and Jaws is one of the exceptions to this, but in many ways, the 70s is that revenge of nature. It's, uh, this is when the environmental movement really first starts taking off, Earth Day is signed into law. And the animals tend to be attacking for unnatural reasons, whether that is mutations or from pollution 
or just simply that we have grown so much as a species that we've impeded on their territory. What's interesting about the contemporary setup is, um, you know, you think of like Anaconda, the Meg, Sharknado even, they're, they're very low stakes. They're very tongue-in-cheek, usually they're very funny, they're very self-aware, which is, is a pretty common trope in all horror movies today. What's interesting is we're starting to see a move away from that, and, and uh, Beast is a good example. Um, you know, there's no self-awareness, there's nothing tongue-in-cheek, sort of nodding at the camera. Um, you saw it a little bit earlier with a movie like Crawl, about, I don't know if you saw that or not, about alligators in a hurricane. Um, so I, I think we're starting to see a few films that are going back to that 1970s, more of a taking it seriously. And it's too, we're too close to that trend to see where it's going. But I think there's something you know, very interesting going on with that. I mentioned Gilgamesh before, not in the epic of Gilgamesh, but you do tend to see statues and carvings of, of Gilgamesh holding a lion cub, which sort of represents the triumph of humanity over nature. Uh, the Bible has three. Um, Daniel in the lion's den, of course. David killed a lion when he was tending the flock. And then Samson very famously killed a lion. Uh, Hercules with the Nemean lion. And then the other thing, I, only other thing I think of is the Sphinx, which is the head of a man and the body of a lion. Uh, lions are much more, and this is true in the literature, in the film and literature too, lions are much more seen positively, interestingly enough. Uh, even though they are a predator, even though they have killed humanity, they're, you know, they're representative of kings and they're very regal. So I think we have a mostly positive view of lions. Um, now as far as film, uh, let's see, you've got, just I'll do the recent stuff. Uh, Ghost in the Darkness, 1996, with Val Kilmer Michael Douglas. That was based on a true story. Um, there were two lions in a place called Savo in Africa where uh, British people had come and set up and they're trying to build a railroad and they just started attacking people. Nobody knows why. Uh, there's a really good movie called Prey that came out in 2007. That's not the, obviously, Predator <laughs> sequel that we have right now. Uh, that one has, um, I believe it's Bridget Monaghan. She, um, she and her, uh, her two stepdaughters are on safari and they get stuck in a jeep where there are lions circling and they can't get out. It's very much Cujo. Uh, and also, if you, you know, Beast has a very similar situation that's there. And I don't know if they, the filmmakers were familiar with that film or not. But um, whereas in Beast, they do get out and they move around a little. This is almost completely trapped in that car. Um, you have Uncaged 2016, which is a, um, a film from Amsterdam. So it's a foreign language film. It's actually streaming right now as well. And then Rogue 2020. <laughs> oh, what can I say about Rogue? Um, Megan Fox plays a mercenary. And she's not that bad, believe it or not. She's somewhat convincing. The thing is that the CGI lions are just, they're terrible, which I thought Beast did very well. I thought the, the lions looked good in that. Uh, and then the other one, this is going to be a slight spoiler, I guess. There's a film called Brotherhood of the Wolf, a French language film from 2001. And I know what that sounds like, Brotherhood of the Wolf, but it is technically a lion attack film. Well, like we were talking about earlier, the the film does go out of its way to show that not all lions are like this, right? You get that scene with Martin playing with the lions that he's raised since cubs. Um, but this lion, of course, has motivation, right? Uh, and it's, it is something you see in on a lot of these lion attack films. So Prey and uh, Rogue, both of those. So in Prey, Bridget Monahan's character is a stepmother. And she's stuck with her two stepdaughters and she's trying to protect them. Uh, in Rogue, it's a convoluted plot, but Megan Fox, the mercenary, essentially becomes sort of like a surrogate mother to two women. And uh, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but the lion that's attacking there has is looking for her cubs, which have been also an anti-poaching message in that one as well. And then, of course, we see in Beast, um, 
the, the rest of the lion's pride has been wiped out, right? So in some ways, this is um, not necessarily protecting the family, but getting revenge for the family. And then, of course, in all these films, you've got this parallel between the major character, in this case, Idris Elba, you know, trying to protect his family, and then this lion who is angry because his family was not protected, right? Or his family was killed. So uh, there's, I think this very deliberately meant to draw a parallel between Idris Elba and his situation. And, and to be fair, he couldn't save his wife, right? And that was the thing that he was continually harping on. Why wasn't I there? Why didn't I catch the cancer? Why couldn't I cure it? And this lion, of course, was unable to protect his, his pride, rather. So I, I think there's a very deliberate parallel and the strange message about parenting that comes with all these films. I, again, I'm no biologist, but I have done a lot of study of animals and animal behavior for this, you know, this line of research. And lions just don't do that. They can go, they call it rogue, go rogue and start attacking humans from time to time. But you're never going to see a lion just say, oh, you killed all my pride, so I'm going to go after revenge and kill every single human being that I see. Um, and I think even, it was one of the daughters at one point said that this is really strange behavior for a lion, which is, that's maybe the one sort of breaking of the fourth wall and subtly nodding sort of meta reference to, you know, this is really a silly plot when it comes down to it. Which I also thought, you know, when Martin's laying there wounded and he tells the whole story of why the lion's attacking and sort of reads all these motivations in, I'm like, how do you know that? You know, there's, this is clearly a contrivance for the plot and nothing else to sort of give us motivation for it. Okay. Even human blood, they, they don't care about humans. Um, sharks need a lot of fat because they consistently have to swim. They, if they stop, they'll die. They'll stop breathing. Um, so a shark may accidentally attack a human thinking it's a seal or something, but once it takes a bite, it's like, no, that's not enough meat on the bones. So what, when Peter Benchley wrote Jaws... He just, he had all these preconceived notions and he didn't really research them. He just put it out there. Of course, sharks attack boats. You know, of course, sharks will attack humans all the time. Uh, so he even said in his later years, he regretted writing that all completely because it led to such a fear of sharks and sort of a lack of appreciation for just how amazing of creatures they are and how important they are to the ecosystem. Uh, but even in the book Jaws, the, oh gosh, I'm going blank, the marine biologist Hooper, uh, Hooper has a line, I'm going to butcher it, but I'll paraphrase it. He says something like, you can't go on half-cocked looking for vengeance on a fish. It's just a fish. It's doing what instinct tells it to do. And that is very different from uh, from Beast, where it, we actually have, it's almost like he's a human killer. We have motivation for why he's doing what he's doing. Probably worth noting, have you seen Jaws the Revenge, the fourth Jaws? I have not. You have not missed anything. It's terrible. But in that, um, the shark is literally following the family of Brody to try to get revenge for okay. his family. And I've got the novelization up here. If you read it, it doesn't explain this in the film, but it's something about like the shark was possessed by voodoo and was going on this revenge film. I'll probably be unique on this. I liked the film. There were many issues. Uh, we mentioned before the plot has a lot of holes. The These characters do stupid things, which I hate in horror movies, that get them into even further um, you know, further trouble than they should have been in. Uh, it was well acted, at least by Idris Elba, who can do no wrong. I thought it was well directed. I'm sure you'll talk about that with the long tracking shots that I liked. Um, and I thought they added to the suspense. So all in all, I would say see it. It's worth watching. It's worth watching the theater. The cinematography also, that South African landscape is gorgeous. I thought it was better than average. I'll say six out of ten. For the rest of your days, it's a oh, maybe you shouldn't do it in the first place. So here we are. I also gotta go see Nope. Here we are. I also gotta see the new Just got out of the movie. I like how you do this instead of your front face.
Yeah. Well, because I can't do the super wide on this. Oh, one. right. So, so that makes sense. Um, yeah, so we... we, uh, we and saw... I also can't see what I'm recording. Exactly. We saw Beast. Uh, it... Okay, I'll be honest. I was right. It was kind of it was kind of weak. Yeah, Although it had some it had some well, good bits. It pissed me off because like it had really good setups for a good movie that it didn't follow through. With. I don't know if it did have good setups. Well, here, well here's the uh, the problem with it is that they all the, all they did in the in the first act was they essentially went all right. Here's a bunch of like character traits. We got funny girl. We got photography yeah. girl. We got dad. And dad and photography girl don't get along because, as they state within like the first ten minutes of the movie, directly, uh, the guy is like, "Ah, we broke up with your mom, and then your mom died, and you weren't there." And you think that any of that's gonna come back uh, yeah. to play, and it only does after the beast is killed. And In these really weird like dream sequences. Yeah, uh, well, which I thought were interesting, but they didn't add anything. I understood, yeah, yeah, I understood why the dream sequences were there, but it didn't, yeah, it didn't do anything. It didn't, Nothing really changed well, enough. Right, it didn't challenge the main character They in those also dreams. kind of set up, like, a tense relationship between him and his best friend about, like, the mother, and I thought that that was going to unravel a little bit more, and the whole theme about the poachers taking like the the, the lions from their land. and also yeah. like lions fighting other lions because they come into their territory right that's something that because i was actually thinking that the friend was going to flip right when they called him a poacher killer and mm. that didn't happen and i i don't know like there was no after the second like the middle of the second act the movie just kind of Stagnated. Was there a second act? Did, I don't well, know yeah, if that's there were any. Well, it felt like after there, like the, there was a first act, and then basically we're into the second act when we got into the village yeah. where all the people died, and then it was second act up until they got to the school. And the movie but there was, was no like up, up to that point, and I was engaged, like it was yeah. cool. And then like the lion attacks them, and then it's another thirty or forty minutes of the same thing. Right. Uh, it, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It, it's it's kind of a fun movie, I guess you could say. Um, why are you pointing the camera For slowly down? For the first down? thirty minutes, it's fun. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's a fun movie. Then it gets really boring. Yeah. So. For no reason. Anyways. Sorry. Let's cut there. All right. So <laughs> now it's my turn. I didn't like this movie at all, pretty much. There wasn't a whole lot about it that I liked. Uh, when Idris Elba, sorry, when Knuckles was uh, fighting the lion was pretty cool, but also, I don't know, it was just weird when he, because he just didn't, but also he like punched him, which was cool. I thought he was going to keep stabbing him with the knife, but it looked like he just kept punching him. Yeah, and then just kind of kept running away instead of fighting, and it just did not work a lot of the times. Also, also he doesn't. Shot. Yeah, he doesn't know how to shoot a gun or throw like a pencil or something. He whatever was, it was. He was like ten feet away from like a thousand pound lion and shot three times and didn't even scratch him. Yeah, a lot of this film. It, you know what? It feels like when they were in the editing room, it feels like the DP and the director weren't there, and there was some miscommunication. So the so the DP and director were like, "Hey, that shot is. We don't want that shot. Don't use that one." But somewhere the editor thought that maybe they said use that shot. And so they used that shot, and instead of not using it, yeah. also it felt very over, or excuse me, overwritten and underdeveloped. Mm. Like there was like a lot of like Chris said, like setups, but then yeah. 
it didn't do anything with anything, but also added stuff that didn't do anything with what had already been done, like the dream sequences, but then it didn't. And then like him being like upset and then he wasn't, and then like drunk and then not. Also being a doctor and only doing that because he was a doctor and he needed to be a doctor for the plot. Right, yeah. All the setup was just there so that the story could be facilitated, but it wasn't telling anything compelling with the characters, which sucks because I think the way it started out, it could have been a lot better. Also, yeah. there was a lot of like... There was a good movie here. They just stopped writing halfway through. Dialogue happening in the background, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that there was like some kind of theme behind that. And uh, there, there kind of wasn't. It was just annoying as shit. Yeah. Um, also, our theater just didn't turn the lights off, even though Jake asked them yeah, to turn the lights no. off. They said, no, no thank you. Oh, a movie that's shot in the dark a lot? Too bad. More lights. Too bad. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, go back. Go back to that angle. Let's just keep <laughs> it here from now on. Okay. Uh, I will say the uh, most of the movie was shot just like Jake is shooting now. Where, Flare. Oh God, yeah. Yes. The so end, many long shots. Flare. Like, literally, like every, Flare. almost every single shot, like was a long shot. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. And, and most fine. of them were. Most of them were. Here, let me show you how they did it. All right. Most. This is most of. Yeah, they turned the camera off. It was so weird. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's how the movie was shot, which I think is interesting for like a, uh, you know, a, an attack kind of like thriller. this, like yeah. this. You guys are just talking and but this every, is happening. Yeah, but every time you cross over to hide that cut, you got to get really close to their face as you cross over. Right. And then it's like, whoa, wow, how'd they do that long thing? Anyway, for a good portion of the movie, it was visually nauseating. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it was... Uh, it was so blurry every time anything moved. <laughs> yes. Also, nothing was in focus. And like for the like first half time they the did movie. the shot, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's cool." No, it hurt and then they did it every other scene, and there yeah. was no real purpose. Which for I it. think is a style. No, I think there's a purpose for there's it. Style to give me a I headache. Just, I don't know if the purpose works. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the purpose was there to was... draw you in on like the lingering unease and everything, and I think that works for like the attack scenes. But, yeah. uh, this is how the movie yeah. was shot. Other than that, I'm not too crazy about it. All right. <laughs> okay, what's your rating, guys? Rating. Kyle, go over here. Boom. Rating. Uh, four. Ding. Four oh, really? Yeah. Chris, rating. Really? Six. Ding. Avery, rating. Three. Ding. Jesus. Ash, uh, rating. Nine, uh, D. I nine out of ten. I don't care. Like, Jake, rating. Uh, I, uh, I give like a four. Everything they do right. with well, uh, character. Let's go to a different angle. All right, uh, that's yeah. our that's our beast review. That, that was the beast. That was the beast. Beast yep. of a movie, as it was stinky. Uh, yeah. Check out our YouTube beast channel. Stink. Follow us Animals on Instagram. Stinky. Watch yeah. all of like Chris's butthole. Watch everything that we have. Follow us at Nighthawk. Uh, oh, I'll act like I'm holding the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the Christopher Nolan. That's all in my hand. Uh, no, go back to where you. We got were. more stuff Video coming essay. out. We, we got do. more stuff coming out. It's way more structured than this. I, oh I yeah. Swear to God. Oh yeah. One of them wasn't lost completely. Stinky. Yay. <laughs> Vlog over. Ah. Vlog over. Vlog over. Ah. Ah.